it's not going great right now for the Celtics, but are we reacting to the right things? Are we treating this weird throwaway COVID season correctly? It's an interesting conversation that I had with Tom Westerholm here on a Tuesday Locked On Celtics. No, let's go. Crowd goes crazy, most in-depth coverage on the daily, mainly podcast royalty, the content kings. When you talk about the franchise with 17 rings, focus like Danny at the deadline. Global with it got a local feel like the red line, the blue line, the green line. Play it in between time. I'ma throw my C's jersey on in the meantime and press play. When the F's done, I can't wait until the next day. Trying to stay in tune with the C's, that's the best way. Melly. Hey there, welcome back to the Locked On Celtics podcast. Thank you for making this show part of your daily routine. I'm John Corrales. I host this show. I cover the Celtics for Boston Sports Journal, and I am the author of the Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars, now available everywhere books are sold. By the way, if you want to subscribe to Boston Sports Journal, use the promo code Corrales. You're going to get $5 off an annual subscription. It works out to be less than 3 bucks a month for all of the entire site, every Boston sport, but obviously you're going to be uh, there for Celtics coverage. I think it's a pretty good deal. Today, I talked to Tom Westerholm, and I had a thought that we're all treating this season almost like a normal season. I hear the discourse going on about the Celtics and what they need to do, and we're reacting to games as if this was just a regular old normal season. Is that correct? Is treating this season the way we treat every other season the right approach? Or are we reacting to the wrong things? I think that this season's kind of weird. And the weirdness, the weirdness of it all is I think I think a mitigating factor in a lot of this. And it's certainly not an excuse, but it does shape how we react, and it does shape how we think the Celtics should react. Like some of the things that people are saying the Celtics should do, does that make sense? Or should they not react like you might normally would during a season? So Tom Westerholm, who now is with Boston.com and of the Genotime podcast, we had a nice long conversation about that. It's all brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Now here's my conversation with Tom. I will apologize that my mic that I normally, the one I'm speaking into now, became unplugged. And so I'm using the Zoom recording, so I might sound a little hollow and echoey. But it's there. The audio is there. It's just, it sounds a little bit different. Apologies for that. But here is my conversation with Tom Westerholm. All right, Tom, you know, part of why I had you here is because I was listening to the Geno Time podcast, easily like the fifth or sixth best Celtics podcast out there. <laughs> and you guys, the title was overreacting, right? We were upfront about it. Yes. <laughs> and, and it's fine because that's what we do in the moment. We overreact. We look at that. How can you look at what happened in that game on Sunday followed following the Friday Detroit performance and say, eh, it's okay. Now I tried to say not time to panic yet, but, but fully acknowledging that was cartoonishly bad on <laughs> right. Sunday. Right. So let me set the scene here. I, I think, as I was saying in my setup, 
I think there's a valid question here on whether we're overreacting to the situation, the circumstances of this season, in that they were originally not supposed to start in December. That, and, and we may forget this, but in the in the midst of that series against Miami, Adam Silver was on CNN saying that his best guess was that the league was going to start in January, if not later in, in, into 2021. So the Celtics season was ending. They were heading into their offseason. And the commissioner was saying, I don't see this starting at Christmas. I see this starting in January, maybe even later. Yep. And then we go into the season, blah, 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 all that stuff happens. And now you look at the numbers. And I was listening to the Hoop Collective, and this is kind of what's, what started this whole thought process in my head. That teams that are shooting an effective field goal percentage in games of over 50% are losing. That the shooting this year is so out of control. Every team in the league is shooting at least 33%. It's never happened this late into the season. Nine teams are shooting over 38%. And six separate NBA teams have recently set three-point shooting records. Okay? There's no defense being played in the league. Now, that's all, that all comes courtesy of Hoop, Hoop Collective. So, Tom, I want to pose it to you. There's no defense being played in this league, courtesy of the Hoop Collective and also every uh, racist dude in my mentions. All right, continue. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there. See, them too. Uh, <laughs> but also, so I want to pose it to you because I, I think there's some validity to this, but I don't want to say all of it is because of because there's a certain percentage. Yeah. I think there's validity, but what we're trying to figure out is the percentage here. How much of this season, what's happening on the floor, is directly attributable to 2021 is weird, these are just bizarre times, and this is, in some form or fashion, an aberration across the board, across the league. So I'm of two minds of that. And I think the first thing I will say is that, I mean, it's, it's clearly a lot like I mean, like we, we have to, we have to just at the outset acknowledge that like everything is weird. Everything is messed up. Brad Stevens talked, um, you know, the other day about his internal clock, somebody asked it like, you know, yeah. Hey, what's it like with, and, and Brad was like, I'm glad that Brad basically said like, I'm glad somebody asked about this because I am all out of whack. Like everything is all out of whack. All these guys are all out of whack. And that's entirely fair. Like, you know, like there's something that happens a lot of times when you like, you know, kind of explain why things are going poorly is people will like jump down your throat and say like, you're making excuses. You're being a green team or you're being, and it's like, no, like I'm not making excuses. I'm telling you what's happening. You can decide whether or not, you know, like what you do with that information. But, um, but that is extremely real. Like these guys are all, everything is all messed up. And that's, you know, that's the case across the league. So um, I mean, that's, that's clearly something, you know, I think the Celtics at playing until, you know, whatever it was like September, late September, and then having to start up again in December is clearly something, same thing for the heat who I think are like 11 and 15, like, you know, there's, there's a lot of like teams 
that are like having sort of aberration seasons, right? Like, like I don't think the heat, right. I didn't, and, and the heat, you know, are interesting because I thought that their finals run was the opposite of that. Like I thought it was an aberration. Good thing. Like yes. I just did not think that the Miami heat were the best team in the Eastern conference last year. And yet they went to the finals and now, you know, they look like the ninth best, you know, they've been the ninth best or 10th best or whatever it is. So like, obviously weird things are happening. And that's certainly the case for the Celtics too. Um, like no argument for me there. I, I think the other part of that though, um, and the, the other kind of part of, of my mind there is that like, it's kind of a distinction, like, I guess, and I'm sure we'll get into this like deeper, like down the line, but I guess to just kind of set the stage, like in terms of like, you know, panic button, not panic button, like, um, it's kind of a distinction without a difference, right? Because if things go wrong, it's like you can you can sit here and explain until you're blue in the face that the Celtics, you know, that like the Celtics 2018-19 season was ruined by Gordon Hayward breaking his ankle and, and all of this stuff. But the right. fact is that the 2018-19 season still sent everybody scattered to the winds. You know, it's still completely ruined, you know, like the Celtics team building that they've been working on for like five years. Um, and, you know, like obviously they still have Jalen and Jason and that's a huge advantage. But like the plan that the Celtics put together was completely shattered just by like weird circumstances. And so like, I think that's where you can have some real concern here is like, yeah, I don't think that like a lot of this probably isn't the Celtics fault. Like there's a lot of weird stuff happening, but at the same time, it's, you know, like the, the, the fact is still that like Jalen and Jason are, you know, kind of being asked to do literally everything for this team. You know, the fact is still that like, there was that literal 20 minute stretch of game action against the wizards where only Kemba and Jalen scored. And it's like, all these things are still true. Even if, um, you know, there's like a perfectly reasonable explanation for them. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think that some of the, some of the, you know, down, some of the real negatives here are, are, are true, no matter what the explanation is, if that makes sense. Back with a lot more with Tom in a very interesting conversation. I like how it went. But first, uh, the weather around here, if you're in the Boston area, has just been crappy. We're in a crazy stretch of snow and ice, and now there's this frozen rain that, that's falling. It's just weird. So inevitably, that rock salt is going to chip something on your car or something. You're going to need something for your car, and rockauto.com is going to be the best place for you to go. Don't bother going into one of those chain stores where you're going to go tell the person behind the counter all the same things that you can enter into rockauto.com through your laptop, your desktop, or your phone. Go there yourself, put in the information that you want. You're going to get a remarkably easy-to-navigate catalog and one that carries all sorts of options for you, not just what's on the shelves at that store at that time. Go to a family business that has been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years that treats you right, that does not have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. That doesn't make any sense. Nor will they do what these other stores do and change the prices based on what the market will bear. That is just not right. RockAuto.com will not do that. So go to RockAuto.com right now. See all the parts that are available for your car or truck. And most importantly, write Locked On in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Have you subscribed to the Locked On Celtics podcast yet? You can wherever podcasts exist, and you can follow us on Spotify. 
You're so focused on the Celtics, it's hard to keep up with all of the other sports in the world, but there's a very easy way to do it. It's called the Locked On Today podcast, a daily podcast hosted by Peter Bukowski. It breaks down all the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all of the sports news you need, and it's all very easily packaged in under 20 minutes. So subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcast. And now I continue my conversation with Tom Westerholm of Boston.com and the Geno Time podcast. It's not an effort to excuse it away. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I understand that a lot of people will say, that's what you're trying to do, excuse it away. But no, I think really what I'm trying to figure out here is, what are the solutions? And what I don't want is, if we are overreacting to circumstance, (laughs) then the overreaction when we're looking at solutions is in and of itself, an overreaction to what we're seeing on the floor, right? So, so if we're saying the Celtics defense sucks and they, they need to make a move for a defense only kind of guy, and let's pretend they go out and they go use part of the TPE on a guy that is, is more defense than offense. And then we see, well, actually the defense thing was because they never practice. The slippage is insane. They're fatigued to all hell. And when you get into the normal circumstances of a playoff series, that those problems will, will be somewhat corrected because you can have days off and, and planning and adjustments and rest. And really the guy that you were looking for should have been an offensive guy because now you don't have anybody that can hit a shot. That's the type of thing that I'm saying. So right, right. It's it's very obvious that the Celtics need help. Like the the takeaway from this will not be the Celtics are fine. Like that's not true. Yeah, yeah. Really, what we're trying to figure out is how how much help do the Celtics really need and where? And so when I look at I look at Grant Williams pointing to guys telling them where to go on the floor. No, you're supposed to go here. No, you're supposed to go there. Is that because Grant Williams doesn't play and he as much and he's sitting on the bench and he's talking to coaches and he gets the, the benefit of, you know, first of all, not playing 36 minutes, so not being as, as beaten down. And he also has the benefit of sitting there and talking through some of the things that are happening on the floor with the coaches. And then he might know a little bit more where the guys that he's directing, Daniel Tice and freaking Jalen Brown, are out there and they're just like exhausted and they're, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I'm supposed to go over here. Sorry. Like that's that's a type of stuff. <laughs> you know, so that vibe that was that like, oh yeah, yeah, my bad. Sorry. That was like the entire Celtics vibe on Sunday. <laughs> right. Right. The the out of timeout play late in the game where <laughs> I mean it was the the least executed play I've ever seen where I've actually seen some semblance of what they were trying to do. Like it was like 20% executed where this guy sort of was in position. And I think he was supposed to set a pick, but he kind of just stepped up and uh, Tatum passed the ball, like two ticks too early. And it was just a whole big gross mess. Like, and that's the stuff like, I've seen a ton of plays where I think under normal circumstances, they would be like a normal dribble handoff, just a regular 
get it. You you have Tice and and uh, Tristan Thompson in the game. You get it over Tristan Thompson. It's supposed to be Thompson sets. Uh, Thompson does a dribble handoff, and then Tice comes over and sets a pick, and you run a pick and roll with him. But instead of that handoff, it's kind of like a little uh, a pass that that comes a tick too early or two steps too early, and now that defender can blow it up. And Tice is coming over. Now it's a big jumble mess. Like that type of stuff is something that could be fixed in a practice. Yeah. Like yeah. one practice of, okay, guys, for half an hour, we're just going to run through these things and just tighten this stuff up. Like you, you're a guitar player. I'm going to assume that if you're not constantly like checking on the strings, they can fall out of tune, right? Um, yeah, I mean, you check them daily. Yeah. Right. So if you just pick up a guitar and just start playing it for two months and never tuning it, yeah, yeah, yeah. by the end of that second month, is it going to sound right? Yeah, yeah. No. And I don't even play guitar. And I know that that's true. You have to finely tune this instrument. So what's the answer? Does also, you're going to break a string and like, there's probably an analogy there that like, isn't good for what the Celtics, what's going to happen to the Celtics if they keep this up. Right. <laughs> Somebody's right. string is going to break. <laughs> so is the answer to go get a new guitar? <laughs> no. Is the answer for you to go get more lessons? No. The answer is tune your damn guitar and like, yeah, maybe you need to, maybe you need to have some extra strings, you know, on hand, I guess. Yeah, this is where this is where my lack of guitar knowledge really just the analogy unra- unravels on me. But I think I've got it up to this point. The point is, the Celtics have not been able to finally tune themselves, and we're hearing from people that they need a new guitar, or the person playing the guitar sucks, or the song sucks. You know, really, maybe just tuning the guitar can help. A bunch. Maybe the song does suck. Maybe the guy who's playing isn't as good as we thought he was. But okay, that still doesn't change the fact that the Celtics are out of whack. And I think aside from fatigue, a lack of practice time has led to some of these things where Tatum took some horrible long twos, which is, I know he's trying to be two point daddy and all of this, but he still has has not taken a bunch of long twos this season. The ones the ones that he took at the end of the Washington game, Tom, were one step in over the three point line, which is the absolute worst shot you can take. Because you're right there. Take a step backwards. You're Jason Tatum. That's your thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it is, and also, but also though, like. I think that that whole game, you just like, you could just see how weary. And again, this is not like an excuse thing. It's just like Jason Tatum looked exhausted and completely disengaged. Like just like no plan whatsoever. Um, One thing about your guitar analogy. That's kind of funny is that uh, if you change all the strings, everything sounds so much better. (laughs) (laughs) Like your guitar sounds amazing. If you just get rid of all your old strings and bring in new strings. Uh, it's it's real good. That's not helping um, my point at all, Tom. No, I know. <laughs> it's not helping my point at all. Yeah, uh, I mean, no, but continue, I think you, please. 
<laughs> you know, but your point is, 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 is very well taken. And I, I think you're, I, I think you're exactly right. Like, like, and I think the largest, the larger point of just like, like the Celtics, you can't just throw everything out. Like that's, that's not like that. That's not going to solve anything. And in fact, it's going to cause all kinds of new problems where, um, you know, like maybe the new guitar, you're not as good at playing it. You know, maybe, you know, the, the guitar player isn't as good at playing the new guitar and wishes he had the old guitar back, et cetera. You get the idea. I'm not, I'm not as good. I got you. you I got you. You bring in a new player, you bring in new players and you think these guys are going to help. And really the chemistry is not there. And you're like, Oh, maybe we should have stuck with some of these old guys and just let them figure it out. Exactly. So, I mean, and and I think, so when, when you kind of look around at like, okay, so what do the Celtics need? Like, this is why, and I mean, I don't know when you want to get into like guys like that might help, but like, this is why I've been hammering this Harrison Barnes thing like so hard forever is because like, look at, look at how the Celtics looked against Toronto, right? When Shemi Ojale was hitting threes and everything was just like, you know, working pretty well, Harrison Barnes, like, the, like is kind of that fully realized Shemi Ojale, right? Where he's like a right. big wing who can play defense and be versatile. Like it feels to me like there are, solutions for this team. And I think that's why I'm not hitting the panic button, even though I'm like, you know, anybody who listened to uh, the Geno time podcast on Spotify and Apple uh, podcasts and anywhere else <laughs> podcast, um, anybody who listened to our overreaction pod, like heard me and Nicole being like super negative about this team. And, but, and it's not, but the, again, I'm not like, I'm not a, like a panic point. Um, you know, I, I just think that like, some things have to happen. Uh, and, and look, if, if they have to happen this off season and if this season is a waste, I don't think that's the worst thing in the world because this season is a waste. Like nobody should be out there doing what they're like. This is all, I, I mean, guys are going to get hurt. Guys are going to get worn down. Guys are going to get frustrated this season. And um, you know, if you just kind of, if you're the Celtics and you just say like, look, let's get through this season the best we can. You know, we still have Jalen Brown for the next three years and Jason Tatum for the next four at like the very least. And hopefully more than that, like that's a, you know, that's a great spot to be in or four and five or whatever it is. That's, that's a great spot to be in. Um, You know, and like, maybe you can use the TPE on somebody better this summer. Like I would understand that rationale. Um, I just think that like, you know, when you look at this team, it's, it's, it's pretty clear like where the missing links are. And it's like, they don't have like a, fourth or fifth best player. They don't have a fourth best player when Marcus Smart is out. And like the players that they're trying to move up there are all eighth and ninth guys. And, uh, you know, you just gotta, (laughs) you just need another good player. I know that sounds like real, like simplistic, but that's, it it feels like that's what it is. Like you just need somebody else who can kind of hoop. Um, cause right now it's a bunch of good players and then a bunch of super young guys who aren't ready. So right. No. and, And that's, that's absolutely correct. Back to wrap up the show in just a minute. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. I'm sure plenty of you want to bet against the Celtics at all costs. You can do that if you want at betonline.ag. Football is over, but the NBA is obviously in full swing. College basketball as well, the NHL. Anything that you want, even if you don't want to bet on sports, awards, TV shows, reality TV, there are real-time updated odds, odds, and props on almost anything that you can imagine. So go to betonline.ag. They've got you covered with the promo code locked on. You're going to save, you're not saving, you're getting a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. It's free money. Basically, whatever you deposit in your first deposit, use the promo code locked on. 50% of that comes back to you uh, on top of that in the form of a welcome 
bonus. So go to Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Please gamble responsibly. Be sure to follow our social channels at LO Celtics on Twitter and at Locked On Celtics on Instagram. If you've signed up for that Bet Online free account and used Locked On for that welcome bonus, that 50% welcome bonus, now you can subscribe to Locked On Bets because you don't need to be caught up in the guessing game of where to lay your money down. You listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast. It's hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. It's a fun show. They've got thing something called the WTF Wrong Team Favored, uh, and they'll tell you why the wrong team is favored in games uh, around the sports world. It's a really interesting show. You can get daily picks, quick-hitting advice to make the smartest possible wager. So subscribe to Locked On Bets, brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts. And now, the rest of my conversation with Tom Westerholm. We know that the traded player player exception is going to get used. It's going to get used. They didn't get to this point. They didn't give up those two picks to not use it, right? They didn't. They didn't delay their offseason to, to get that for no reason because they could have just said, ah, never mind. It's not a big deal. We don't really need this traded player exception, so we're just going to move on. And they could have signed somebody that wasn't Jeff T. They could have, if they decided they really needed to hard cap themselves, maybe Tristan Thompson wasn't that guy. Because I do agree with the point that you were making on your podcast that by throwing Tristan Thompson podcast, into this mix. Podcast Network and Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> I like that it's just right there. You're right on point with it. <laughs> Your guitar strings are finely tuned. The, the, I, I do believe that there's some amount of Brad Stevens has three good centers. Now, obviously, Robert Williams has been hurt, and that left hip thing is mildly concerning. But no he does have three options. Each one of these guys has a claim for playing. So Brad Stevens is trying to, he doesn't have enough good players. And so now three of his good players all play one position. So he's got to figure out, well, how do I use all of my good players when three of them are friggin' centers and not just, none of them can really be true fours, but I'm going to take the one who is the closest to being a possible four. And we're going to shoehorn shoehorn him in there and see how it goes. And Hey, you know what? It didn't go well at first. And those double big lineups really sucked at first. Again, circumstances like this is, this is because of everything. Brad steam was, what do you do? Do you not play Tice? The guy who was anchoring your defense last year. That was one of the, where do they finish top five in defense last year? Do yeah. not play the guy you just spent $9 million a year on. You hard-capped your team to sign this guy. Do you not play him? Yep. Do you not play the young, exciting guy, the vertical spacing guy who can make plays out of nowhere? Like, who do you not play in this scenario? That's hard. And, like, people get on Brad Stevens for that, but I'm sure he's probably sitting there at home going, like, maybe, maybe I wouldn't mind if one of these guys got traded. Yeah. You know? Just, just so I can like at least know I can have something that fit. This is a this is a small ball league, and he's got three centers that he has to play because those three centers are still. If we're ranking the the best players on this team, 
those three centers are still probably in the top, what, seven, eight guys? For sure. So, but you need, you know, that ninth best guy to be your seventh man. So it's the circumstances again. Now, this is a little less of what I've been talking about, but it's still Danny Ainge had to see this TPE thing through. You had to get something for Gordon Hayward. He watched free agent after free agent after free agent pass him by. And then when it finally came around, because the league restarted in December rather than late January, he's like, I need a guard. I don't have Kemba. I need somebody. Jeff Teague. And Jeff Teague has sucked. Sorry, Jeff. Nothing personal, but this has not been good. And so Danny Ainge made a bad decision. He was kind of pressured into a bad decision because of the circumstances. So what's the answer there? You got to get rid of Jeff Teague somehow. And it's, I don't know what you do with Tristan Thompson at this point, but decisions have to be made now to compensate for that. But back to my original point, as I, as I go down these tangents, the TPE is going to be used. And I'm sure Sacramento is very well aware of Boston's situation and sit there goes, um, yeah, Harrison Barnes, boy, he does fit well over there. And, we really like him. We really like him. Did you guys know that we'd be in the play-in game if the season ended right now? <laughs> like, what do you do there? Okay, so do you, do you turn your attention to Bielitsa? Yeah. Do you turn your attention to somebody else? Bielitsa's gettable, but even then, Sacramento be like, yeah, you know, you want Bielitsa? You're going to have to pay. Yeah. And then you bring him in, and this becomes – the Jeff Green signing all over again because his people are like, yeah, we, you know, there's a lot of money out there in free agency. You just traded for him. You just traded for those bird rights. You know, this is your own, you don't have cap space. This is your only way of keeping this guy. So how's 12 million a year sound? And you're like 15 million a year. And Danny Ainge is like, what do I do? Do you waste the traded player exception on a guy that's going to leave over the summer? Or do you pay this guy and people go like, wow, that's a crazy contract. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Look, I mean, like it, it, it's brutal. I, I think like, again, this kind of comes back to like, like how much do you value this season? Right. Like, because I, I think that like, like, and, and I'm not, I don't know that, the, I don't know that there's a clear answer. Like, I'm not saying that they should not value this season by any means, because like one of the things, I, I mean, I think anybody who watches this team is thinking about is like, you just, you don't want to waste, you know, years with these, with these guys. Like you don't want to, like you, like, I, I think, uh, I, I can't remember which, which podcast I was listening to, but somebody pointed out like, we're a couple years away from people taking a look at the Celtics and being like, man, what do you think it would take to poach Jason Tatum? Like, yeah. it just yeah. happening. Like, that's, that's real. Like that, that's going to start happening if the Celtics aren't careful. Um, so like, I understand any argument, um, you know, for, for making a move to try to improve. I mean, I, you know, I, I think like, look, I think the Tristan Thompson signing was brutal because I, I like, not only did it hard cap the Celtics it hard cap the Celtics and, and, and gave them a player that like is pretty redundant on their roster. I don't think Justin Thompson is a bad player by any means. Like I think he's shown quite a bit this season. Like 
the types of things that he used to do to the Celtics that really damaged them. But like, um, but like, you know, when you just look around at the rest of the bigs, I mean, or again, if it's Daniel Tice that you trade, if it's, you know, I don't think that you probably want to trade Rob Williams at this stage, but like, you know, like if that's what it takes to bring in like a real contributor, like maybe you have to do that, whatever it is, like, you know, this team just doesn't make sense. Like that, like, I don't know, Danny, Danny's in a hard spot here. And uh, you know, some of it, some of it is, is brought on, you know, like, you mentioned Teague. Teague is making $2.5 million for one year. Like, it, it, you know, it's right. not like Danny Ainge went out and like, you know, like threw the farm at somebody, you know, he brought in like, and, and that's one of the reasons why I feel bad for Teague is he gets so much, uh, you know, hate online. And it's like, what did you expect from like a 75% you know, of it's from me? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I mean, you were the one who jinxed him. So um uh, <laughs> No, but like, you know, like what did people expect from a guy who's making $2.6 million, you know, at right. age 30? Like, you, like you can't, ex- like, I, I think if anything, you have to look at the Thompson signing and, and wonder, like, was there not like a, like a wing or like a, like a better guard or whatever it needed to be at 9 million. And I know a lot of the free agent market had passed by that point, but um, you know, that's a, that, that's a tough spot to be in. So like, I don't know, man. I, I, you know, it's, it's weird talking about this team right now because you feel like you just kind of walk yourself in circles. Um, you know, like, Oh yeah. Celtics are in a tough, like, I feel like we circled all the way back to like, man, it's, it's a tough hit for the Celtics that Gordon Hayward got injured in 2017. Like it really, (laughs) you know, like it just kind of keeps circling back, uh, in that way. It's very weird. Right. And a lot of this is like, everybody's been dealt like this is, this is the classic Brad Stevens reaction. We're all dealing with this. We've yeah. all we've all got this same problem. It hit the Celtics, I think, harder than it hit a lot of teams because of not only their deep run, the Kemba thing. I think was just that really, really hurt them. Like yeah. not having Kemba to start the season hurt them a lot because they didn't, and, and not having that training camp because you didn't get to see them, him, uh, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, really try to figure out each other. Um, but look, these are the circumstances. The question now is, are we at a point, I think, where we are just better served saying, look, it is what it is. This season is weird. We need to stop. I think maybe lack of a better term, caring as much and just say, you know, it's like, you're, you're, you've got your skis, you're going downhill and that's it. You're going downhill. Nothing's going to, you're not stopping anymore. Like you got to get to the bottom of this hill somehow. So either enjoy the view while you're on your way down or curse like crazy on the way down and whatever. But like, either way, you're, you got to get to the bottom of this hill and Back to the original point of this whole exercise. What is the appropriate team reaction? When I talk about you're going downhill, this is it. Does Danny Ainge use that traded player exception in the manner that I said before, where you go for a guy, like we all talk about the – you know, part of why we love Harrison Barnes is because he's under contract for two more years. You know, uh, Aaron Gordon's under contract for two more years. 
these guys that we we really want are, you know, it's set, it's set, you know what you're getting. You have that value. You can, you can trade that guy if you want to later on. But does Danny Ainge say, nope, we've got to go now because the season's weird and because you don't want to punt in a year that's so weird and one injury to one team, if Kevin Durant goes down again and that opens up the, the East and injuries are more common this year anyway, do you do you say, screw it, I'm using that TPE for now, my guy is now, Bielitsa is the guy or another guy like that, and I don't care. I don't care what the price is to resign him. I'm damn the torpedoes. I'm making moves for now. Or does he do kind of more what you said? Like, look, I'm going to tell Brad Stevens, you're not playing Tatum and Brown more than 35 minutes a game. Just don't bother with it. The results are going to be the results. We'll see if we can put it together. Maybe we can make a run come playoff time, but we're not, we're not killing ourselves. We're not putting ourselves at risk. This season's going to be what it is. We're going to regroup, and, and next season's going to be the, the bigger focus. So I have like a half-formed take, and you can tell me, like it's sort of like a scratch pad thing here. You tell me if you think like, if you agree with it or not. Because like, to me, I'm not, I'm not sure. Like if you can't get a player with the TPE who fixes everything, like, and, and I mean, like, not like fixes everything, but sort of like, you know, I know that's, that's kind of a, you know, kind of a lot to put on one guy, but like, you know, in my example where Harrison Barnes plays the Shemi Ojale against the Raptors role, right? Like that, that fixes so many things for the Celtics that it kind of turns them into a contender, even though it's not like Harrison Barnes is like another superstar that you're adding to the team. But if you can get like, unless you can get somebody who fixes everything, shouldn't you save the TPE and just, and like you said, just kind of fly down the hill on your skis and just kind of enjoy the view or at least try to, because like, you know, if you have better selection for the TPE this off season, and if you believe, you know, as I think is probably reasonable that like, you know, Jalen and Jason aren't going anywhere for like a couple of years, at least right. like um, it feels to me like you're better off. You're better served again, not punting on this season, but like, certainly pushing your priority to next year. Like, because like this season is so unpredictable as it is like you, there like are just so many variables this season that I don't like, you can't control for, but like maybe next season you look at it and you think like, you know, maybe guys body clocks will be a little bit better adjusted. Maybe next season is just kind of like a season where, you know, like the normal circumstances actually kind of apply again. And the fact that you have two star wings actually does mean that you'll have a good offense and a good defense, you know, like just where things normalize a little bit. Like it seems to me like you would rather make big decisions such as acquiring a guy, you know, um, with like a $28 million TPE, like those big decisions might be better when things are a little bit more stable. I mean, it, I, I certainly skew that way. And it's kind of funny, as you're talking, a tweet came into a conversation, a similar conversation that was uh, the, on Twitter here from a guy, JH, and a bunch of numbers. Um, if you listen, <laughs> okay. sorry. Uh, he says, quote, it's a meaningless season. Don't leverage the future for success this season. I'd tank before trading to win this season. Now, I don't think I'm going to go that far, but – Oh, you know I'm all in on a good tank. I, I know, oh, I know. Let's, I know. let's, let's talk like, tank. <laughs> you, you, I'm sure tonight. you want this whole thing to go south so you can start talking about this draft. Um, <laughs> but, but I, I kind of, I kind of understand that. 
I kind of yeah. understand that. That and just to just to bring the whole thing home. Every day these guys play, people live and die with the result. And the whole point of this whole thing was to explore whether we should really be living or dying with these results. And if we should maybe be taking a step back and say, no off season, weirdness with Kemba, weirdness with the, the everything, the draft, the guys that they got, you know, Neesmith never got a full opportunity. Hopefully he can come back, but with a full off season and some normalcy and, you know, a, a normal season next year where you're not playing in February three straight weeks where you're playing four games a week. It, it's insane. That's genuinely insane. Like maybe you can, maybe you just, that that's going to be the focus. The, the, the thing that's holding me back from going full bore in that is Tatum and Brown are good now. They're both yeah. going to be all-stars now. And it really feels like it gives me knots in my stomach to tell a team with two young players here now to, for lack of a better term, punt the season, you know, like to not go for it every year that these guys are good seems antithetical to the entire point of putting a team together. So I, I, I truly agree a hundred percent. I'm curious, like, do you think that if you told Jalen and like, again, I'm kind of scratch patting it here. Do you think that if you told Jalen and Jason, listen, this season is weird and we want to make sure that you guys aren't running to the ground. So what we're going to do is we're going to play you guys. Like you guys do not get more than 32 minutes this year. And I know that's going to mean we lose some games and maybe we end up in the seventh seed, but like, that's just going to be what it is this year so that we can build for next year. I feel like those two guys are like both smart enough and like kind of long-term thinkers enough that like, I wonder if that would fly with them. And then it's not really punting. It's just sort of telling them like, look, we want to win all these games. And like, we want to win when the playoffs come around, but like, we also don't want to just like destroy you two. I I don't know. I I think that like, if you made that case, I think, I think that there at least you might have some like listening ears. Right. So basically it's, it's almost like the Doc Rivers approach to when he had Pierce and Garnett and Ray Allen, but you're doing it with 23 and 24 year olds just because, and strictly because it's a weird season and you just don't want to take any chances because honestly, the worst thing that can happen is you overdo it. Something catastrophic happens because you overdo it and you're not just wasting a season. Maybe now you're losing somebody for an extended period of time. And that's like the biggest fear. And to, 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 they write that some point in April, something happens and it carries into next season. And then it becomes, oh, shit. Now it's really bad. And, and that's what you don't want to do. Like, and, and playing these guys 40 minutes a night, like no one in February right now should be playing more than 34, 35 minutes. Like that's, oh. that cannot happen anymore. Like if I'm going to have any one gripe and I've, I'm, I'm a Brad guy, like, and I get criticized for being a Brad guy. But if I'm going to have any one gripe with him, it's if he starts playing these guys 38, 39 minutes consistently now for the rest of this month, like that's going to be a problem. Like we, we got to just take all of this into account. I'd rather see this team slip to the fifth or sixth seed and say, you know what? We're going to roll the dice. Hopefully everything's healthy and they're playing their best basketball come playoff time. 
then that won't really matter. Like, okay, so you got to play an extra game in Brooklyn. Deal with it. Like, if you're that good, you should be able to do that. So, I think I, I so I, I think we've settled that. Let's Danny Ainge shouldn't overreact and go all in on on getting a, a TPE guy or guys specifically geared towards winning this season. That we need to take the, the bigger picture in 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 view here. Unless you think that that TPE guy really is going to solve everything. Right. Like if you think that, like, that's so, right. sure. so if Harrison Barnes does come available, sure. Sure. If the cost, if the cost for him, because you're going to have to send something back. It, if it's Harrison Barnes, but they want a James Harden type haul for him yeah, yeah, because yeah, they yeah. think they've got you over a barrel. Be like, thanks, but no thanks. Yeah. yeah. You know, right, like exactly. We'll give you a couple of picks and maybe you even overpay. Maybe you yeah. do overpay a little bit, but you say, all right, th- because right. Harrison Barnes does fix a lot. He fits as the fourth guy. He's got the size. He's got the shooting. He can defend like that fixes a lot. But if it's, if it is Bielitsa and I don't know, Terrence Ross, is that enough? Is that enough for this, this team right now? Like, I, I don't know that that is. And, and so, yeah, I agree with you. The big swing for the guy that fits and ticks off a lot of boxes, of course. But this season is so weird, too weird for Danny Ainge to, to overreact to the circumstances. Yep, I would agree with that completely. One of the things I do like uh, about – just to back up briefly uh, – I, one of the things I do like about your uh, your Doc Rivers point uh, and how that like that would kind of mirror um, the uh, the Pierce Garnett years is just that like like one of the reasons why it worked for Pierce and Garnett is because the, they knew that they could have um, postseason success and not for nothing Jason Tatum has been to two Eastern Conference Finals and Jalen Brown has been to three of them so yeah like they they're right. like twenty three or they're like twenty two and twenty four and uh, they actually have like really impressive playoff right. success and probably right. could probably could at this age already thread that needle. So anyway, I like it. All right, Tom, uh, if I recall correctly, you do a podcast. Yeah. Uh, it's the, the genotype podcast. Uh, oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. Yeah. Wherever, wherever podcasts are, uh, are distributed. Go listen Apple, to Genotype. Spotify, all of them, all of those places. They all include podcasts and yours yeah. is among them. Yeah. Uh, go <laughs> Go listen to him there. Go read his stuff uh, at boston.com and uh, follow him on Twitter at Tom underscore NBA, especially for draft takes because drafts coming around and Tom knows the draft pretty well. So thanks for hopping on Tom. Appreciate you, man. I hope that you followed along with that. I I think this is a really interesting topic because this is the one year where the things that, we think are true simply may not be and reactions that we have that apply to situations normally may not apply to this season. So I do think it's important to have that distinction, that delineation between this is a weird throwaway season that the NBA really put out there when it did so it can get its calendar back on track and to recoup some of its money to make good with some of its TV partners and all of that stuff. There very little about this basketball season is about the basketball. And generally speaking, the product has not been particularly great, but here we are. And so 
It's important, I think, to keep that in mind to shape our reactions. Whatever your reaction is, I still think that this is an important element to keep in mind. So I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, if you have and you're here and you haven't subscribed, then hopefully that means that you're willing to subscribe. Please do so. You're going to get a Monday through Friday podcast daily here and free, still free. Even though I'm working at Boston Sports Journal, which is subscription, the podcast remains free. Regular listeners, the only thing I hope that you do, since I'm not asking for your money, is get a five-star rating and a good written review. That's very, very helpful. It keeps this the number one Boston Celtics podcast in the world. So thank you and share the podcast. Share your podcast. Tell your friends that they should be listening to the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network.